It's not uncommon to hear acknowledgement that there are many struggles involved in being a black man in America. What is uncommon is acknowledgement that by definition, all human struggles impact mental health. Depression, trauma, anxiety, strength, growth. These outcomes are often precipitated or at least influenced by individuals' life struggles. And yet it is difficult to find conversation dedicated to examining the lived experience of black men and connecting these experiences with emotional functioning. These conversations are intended to be exploratory and thought-provoking. And while it is hoped that some will find them healing, they are not intended to be therapeutic in a clinical sense. Welcome to the Emotional Lives of Black Men podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Michael. First and foremost, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. The goal is to keep this podcast growing and the conversation going, so thank you for your support. The topic of the interview you're going to hear focused on education in relation to mental health. As a teenager, I knew I could be melancholic, but it was during my first year at UConn that I started experiencing symptoms of depression. Factors such as loneliness, lack of direction, feeling like the quote-unquote other contributed to these symptoms. The weather didn't help neither. One may ask, why did I stay there, or why didn't I inquire about any resources that could help me? I can honestly tell you, as a 17-year-old black male, even though I grew up in Connecticut, being on that campus was a culture shock. Also, from my perspective, if you weren't an athlete, good luck figuring out what resources the school offered. The most important thing, though, was the pressure to finish where I started. I still remember the brief conversation I had with my academic advisor after I completed the first half of my first year. I was on academic probation, so he suggested I drop out and start new somewhere else. That was his first and only suggestion. I want to think he meant well, perhaps feeling my grades were a result of me not fitting in well. But he didn't say that. He just suggested I leave. Long story short, I didn't. I refocused mentally, managed myself emotionally. It wasn't the best experience, but I did finish my undergrad in four years. I do wonder how it might have been better if help was available. The guests on this episode will share similar thoughts and experiences. I hope you're able to relate or enjoy what he has to say. Thank you for listening. Today I'm talking to Solomon Hughes. Solomon serves as the Associate Director of the EDGE Doctoral Fellowship Program at Stanford University. He works on the development and leadership of programs created to empower students as they navigate the graduate school experience. Solomon, it's a real pleasure to have you on this podcast. As an educator, mentor, and black man, you can testify to positive effects education can have on black men. What motivated you to get into your profession? Primary motivator for me to work in the space of higher education was my own experience, my own journey in higher ed. I knew after my freshman year in college at UC Berkeley that I wanted to work in higher education in some form or fashion, in large part because of the, the missed opportunities that I saw and the, the lack of support that I saw intentionally created for black men and black male student athletes. I was a college basketball player. Um, and so on campus, I had these two identities that were both hyper visible and hyper invisible. And so when I reflect back on my journey and I think about the black faculty or black administrators who really poured into me and invested in me and, and affirmed my, my experience and my journey. It just, it really inspired me to want to get back into this space and pay forward or to get back into this space and, and replicate a lot of what they did for me. I entered UC Berkeley uh, in 1998 and um, 
I had two identities that really stood out on the campus. I was a black male. There weren't, there weren't many of us there at the time. Uh, still aren't many of us there. <laughs> and I was a student athlete. As a student and as a student athlete, there's a lot of life happening very fast. It's almost like your life is, exists in a blender. Your social life, your academic responsibilities, your athletic responsibilities. And so when you think about packing all of that in into a four-year experience, there's not a lot of time for introspection. Yeah. When I think back on that as well, that also kind of spurned in me this desire to be in a position where I can support students who are going through similar experiences. I remember just being in awe about how the institution worked, this, this big, large institution that was designed to fit so many different needs. Um, and, I, and I remember very, very vividly seeing the flaws in the system as well as the opportunities with regard to how higher education can better support students. That really intrigued me. And so I, I, I knew that in some form or fashion, I wanted to pursue higher education, um, whether it be as an administrator or a faculty member. Um, I just I, I really saw a great opportunity to engage with young people who are in, in such a important phase of their life. Yeah. So I really struggled with uh, depression and anxiety when I was a college student. I really didn't know what those things were at the time. I mean, there wasn't a lot of conversation around what those things were mm -hmm. um, and, and the impact that they could have on, you know, your just your, your, your daily experience. So when I pursued graduate school with the intent of working in higher education, one of the themes that really came out was just how important mental health was to uh, the student experience, yeah. particularly marginalized students. There's heaps of, of research that talks about what people consider to be a crisis on college campuses with regards to mental health. And when I reflect back on my personal experience as a college student, the institution around me really wasn't intentional about creating or providing the kind of support that people like I needed to, to thrive, essentially. I think yeah. far too often people think of higher education or college as being something that you survive, right? Yeah. When in reality, I think we're smart enough and we have the kind of resources where, where students can thrive. You know, my struggles with depression and anxiety, these were things I, I really, I didn't have words for them. And it was really hard for me to articulate exactly what I was going through. And so when I think about my four years, it was really just kind of surviving. And being a student athlete, your life is really kind of just, it's, it's like everything is kind of in a blender, like your academic stuff, your social stuff, your athletic obligations. And so things move so fast that there really isn't a lot of time for introspection. Mm -hmm. There really is not a lot of time to, for you to kind of pause and just check in with yourself. What are your thoughts on your students' approach to mental health, specifically your black male students? I think that it's an evolving conversation. In a lot of ways, I feel like I'm learning a lot from them with regard to how much more in touch they are with themselves than I was when I was in their shoes. Mm -hmm. What gives me great hope is the kind of conversations I see that African-American men who are pursuing graduate degrees are having around what their needs are as they buy to be exceptional scholars and then potentially faculty members. You know, there's an awareness that they have about their experience and their needs. And then there's a, there's a way that they are having a conversation with the, the larger institution around how the larger, how the institution can better support them, that gives me great hope for the space around mental health, awareness, introspection, and, and, and black male identity. How do you think you can foster emotionality and introspection hmm. in these young black males? First and foremost is just role modeling it. You know, I'm very open about the fact that I see a therapist. Mm -hmm. I try to fold that into all of the conversations I have with my students who are experiencing some sort of adversity. When I think about the generation before me, there wasn't formal conversation around seeing a professional therapist. Mm -hmm. 
just the connection, the community, the affirmation, the ability to to talk with someone who could understand the language I was speaking or could understand uh, and relate to some of the things that I was experiencing was a form of therapy in, in some ways. So I think role modeling is uh, is key to trying to model healthy practices with regards to how we take care of our of our mental and emotional health. How do you see the social dynamics in the workplace affecting you and your students? I believe that this conversation around mental health and black males is evolving and in ways that I see it showing up informally are just some of the support groups and the and the connections that I've kind of been able to maintain with brothers that I went to school with right. or brothers that I'm building new relationships with with on college campuses. And, you know, I, I just really cherish these moments because there it's this opportunity for us to kind of let down the guard a little bit mm-hmm. and just speak real about what we're experiencing. I think about a couple of brothers that I schedule lunches with. Um, and, and these lunches are just, they're just great opportunities for people to just be real. Yeah. And we talk about, you know, the microaggressions, the macroaggressions that we're experiencing on the college campus. And there's just something really therapeutic about being able to talk to someone who's going to understand it, relate yeah. to it, and not think that you're crazy. Right. You know, I have a PhD. And when I walk around Stanford's campus, I had an experience once where a woman pulled her purse away from me as I was passing her. And so wow. there's these little things that kind of remind you that you could be at this very prestigious institution being, and you could be doing very important work, right? Yeah. But your identity as a black right. male... Is, is right there with you. The world is um, always going to see you a certain way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, hearing about the ways other brothers are experiencing that on the college campus, is that, that's been very therapeutic. Do you feel a special responsibility or obligation towards your black male students to teach them how to navigate not only their academic life, but also their professional life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I love my job and I, I think it's a great privilege. And I absolutely believe that with this privilege comes the responsibility of being that additional mentor or being a part of their expanded support network um, that wants to see them essentially aspire to the, the goals that they set out. As a, as a black male on a college campus, I absolutely think that it's my responsibility and also my, my privilege to be able to replicate some of the mentorship that really blessed me and supported me and affirmed me on my journey. And I see it as my job to, to replicate that and be that same person, that same role model, um, that same part of an expanded supportive network for the black males that are on our campus. I see myself as someone who is there to, to affirm their journey, to, to support their journey. I've always valued education and seen it as a way to level the playing field. How do you help your students understand that education is not just a necessity, but also a tool that they could use as they mature in life? One of the things that I try to articulate to my students is that what a formal education can offer you, it can offer you the opportunity to raise your awareness around just how you see the world and how you see life. That raised awareness will inevitably help you see greater opportunities than what you may have perceived prior to going to college. Right. Uh, and I think historically, right, I feel like black males have kind of been pigeonholed into just a few avenues, right, sports or entertainment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the beautiful things about like a liberal arts education or college education is that um, you're going to get access to different conversations and different networks that can ultimately just expand your territory with regards to like what you ultimately want to do with your life. Thinking about a black male coming out of college, what mental tools would you like them to leave as they enter the real world? Hmm. 
when I think about the black man who's just coming out of college, I think it's important for them to be resilient. There are going to be all sorts of challenges that they're going to be encountering. And so um, being able to be steady in the yeah. face of adversity yeah. is, is very important. In addition to that, um, an understanding of how to take care of themselves, right? An, an understanding of how to, how to safeguard their mental and emotional well-being, whether it's connecting with a professional therapist or, or, or connecting to a community that's going to support them and affirm them. I think you know, those are two very important things. Being able to connect to the things that are going to help you be your best self emotionally and mentally and, and being resilient in the face of the, the inevitable adversities that life is going to bring you. Right. What do you aspire to achieve as a black educator in this current climate for this generation and future generations? What I hope to achieve as an educator when it's all said and done is I, I'd like to be known as someone who's always pushing the illumination of conversations that we need to be having about people's mental health and well-being, particularly the African-American male population on college campuses. This is a population that is disproportionately represented in the college sports infrastructure and underrepresented in graduate programs and undergraduate programs with immense amounts of pressure placed on their shoulders, um, in large part because they are the key component to this multi-billion dollar college sports industry. That coupled with the fact that there is this mental health crisis that's already happening on on college campuses. Mm -hmm. My my biggest concern is, are these young men, do they have access to the resources and the support systems that are going to help them be introspective and aware of how they're doing mentally and emotionally? There's not enough attention being focused on how they're doing, how they're growing as people mm-hmm. outside of who they are as athletes. Right. And I think as, as the college sports empire just continues to get bigger, the focus and the support systems for these young men to develop emotionally and mentally um, are shrinking. Most of the effort is directed to helping them grow athletically, exactly. like physically. Right. There's an, there's an overemphasis on the development of their bodies. Right an overemphasis on the development of their identity as athletes right. and a de-emphasis on, well, we know that there's a de-emphasis on who they are as students. Mm-hmm. And that's because you know, the outcomes with regards to like their graduation rates right. continue to lag behind their, their white counterparts. Right. And so if you know that's being neglected, then it's, it's, I don't think that it's a wild guess to assume that their mental health is also being neglected. Right. As an educator, when, when it's all said and done, I, I hope that I'm known as someone who contributes to the chorus of voices that are trying to illuminate the critical conversations that we need to be having around mental health and well-being, particularly as it pertains to black males. I think at the very least, when you, when you consider how much these young black men are investing into the upkeep of the college sports infrastructure, the very least the institution, these institutions can do is also invest in them and who they are, not only as student and, students and athletes, but who they are as people. Where would you hope their paths yeah. take them okay. like post-college in regards to the effect of having educators that invest in them? Yeah, I think that there's something really powerful about this idea of more and more black men graduating from college and, and walking out into the world holistically developed, right? Obviously very intellectually uh, capable, but also in touch with who they are as people and also eager and willing to engage in the conversation around mental health and well-being. Yeah. 
Thank you, Solomon. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself. Appreciate your insight and your perspective. Thanks for having me. The purpose of this podcast is to open dialogues on a variety of topics pertaining to black males and mental health. The podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment. Even when guests are trained clinicians, their participation represents their lived experiences in their personal and professional lives and does not constitute therapy. Please visit our website for links to mental health resources. Thank you for listening to the Emotional Lives of Black Men podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play.